This is another of my meandering musings. It's April 5th, 2021, and uh, it's a very warm spring day. Today I'm going to talk about um, what might be the most important uh, methodological change that I made long ago and which uh, I encourage others to try if they have the same uh, appetite that I do gaming-wise. So my mantra is, mystery is the mirth of role-playing. We want to have the same experience as we get when we read a novel. We don't want to know what's behind the scenes. We want to experience the events from the place of the characters. I knew a guy many years ago who admitted that whenever he reads a novel, he actually goes to the end of the book first to see who is alive and how events are summed up at the end before he reads it. And that is baffling <laughs> and uh, it just makes no sense why anyone would spoil their own enjoyment like that. But on reflection, I think that this is kind of what happens in some of our methods in role-playing games. There is a, a huge spectrum of the possibility of mystery, the, the fog of war, which can extend uh, across you know multiple areas of the game. I believe that most gamers um, do preserve some mystery with regards to certain elements of the game. There will be some antagonist or antagonistic force, and the GM will keep some of those elements a secret um, for the players to discover as the game goes on. But I have found a significant improvement in our games by pushing that line of scrimmage far back. The governing principle is if my character does not know this information, we do everything in our power to keep that from the player. And doing this helps the player-to-character unity of perspective development. And the stronger that unity, the more deeply I can relate to my character and uh, whatever predicament we're in or whatever um, challenges we're facing, uh, that unity deepens my the relatability and my immersion into that experience. Now, we can contrast this all the way on the other end to board gaming or miniature war gaming where we are elevated from the reality of the player to some extent. We're looking down from a God's eye view at some of the events, some of the aspects of the game. And 
um, that facilitates a very different kind of game, a very different kind of experience from the one uh, that I want. So we can push this back much further than uh, is commonly done in campaigns. Um, it can even extend at starting at the system level, the mechanics level, which is to say we can do a lot to keep the players from knowing things about the game mechanics that their characters certainly wouldn't know and that the players don't need to know. So, for example, in my own system, I have no classes. And it's purely skill-based. So let's uh, contrast uh, two different experiences. On the one hand, you have players who, in the gaming book, in the role-playing book, you can have something where the players are familiar of a class or a subclass called uh, the Knights of the Blue Rose. Okay, so inside the book, they can read about the Knights of the Blue Rose and all of their skills and their oaths. Perhaps they have some kind of magical power, um, you know, whatever. And your players are going through the campaign counter a Knight of the Blue Rose. Now, at that moment, as always, the players can restrain themselves. They can pretend they don't know about the Knights of the Blue Rose and what they can do and what they are sworn to do and so forth. Players can restrain themselves, obviously, but that's not the point. What's happened at that moment is there is a chunk of knowledge which uh, they have at that moment, and some of the mystery has been taken away from those players. Contrast that with the experience of having no such classes explicit in any of the rule books that the players have access to, and they encounter this, you know, warrior in uh, plate armor wearing a shield with a blue rose, and they know nothing. They only know what their character knows, which at that moment is nothing. That kind of a maneuver has served to strengthen the player-to-character unity of perspective. It's maintained the mystery, and the players don't have to restrain themselves. They don't have to say, okay, it's meta-knowledge and I won't use it. Because that, for me, ruins some section of the fun. With regards to performing some actions, compare these two experiences. You are, let's say, a scout, you're going through the woods, and you come upon an area that you are spying on, and you need to know within a few minutes if anyone is there hiding or not. Now, most gamers will, at that point, 
have a skill for searching and they'll roll the dice and a certain number will tell them if they succeeded or not. So on the one hand, if you do that, and let's say you roll very well, so well that you know that your searching is going to be accurate. Either there is someone there and you see them or hear them, or there isn't and you don't. Now contrast that with the experience of you playing your scout, you going to that area, you searching within uh, a tight uh, schedule, and the GM rolls, and the GM tells you what your character believes. So this move also preserves the unity of perspective. You, as a player, can't be certain of the results, just like your character can't be certain of results. The better we are at something, the more confident we can be, justifiably, if if someone is truly a ranger, truly lived for years in the woods, then their perception is going to be dependable. But that's not the same thing as you, the player, being certain. And by this kind of a method, you're keeping that unity strong. So obviously this method is only going to be useful for those who want this kind of a role-playing experience. If you actually want the miniature wargaming, board gaming, uh, perhaps sometimes called gamist experience, then you would hate that because you're not getting to see the mechanics, the the bare-bone skeletal mechanics, which is something that you want if you are after a uh, board gaming, miniature wargaming experience. But if you're not, if you instead want that feeling of being unified with your character uh, in the service of feeling that other world immersion, that you are a real person inside this other world, then this method really pays off uh, consistently. It generates a much deeper experience. This can also be applied to uh, many areas of the system itself, to the mechanics, how different things function, and the uh, less focus and knowledge the players can have of the mechanics, the tighter that unity of perspective can be. I think this, um, with regards to the fantasy genre, and my specific uh, fantasy subgenre that I'm in love with um, has lots of names, and some of them are conflicting. Um, I might call it high fantasy. Um, I essentially want a world that feels um, very mysterious, something like Middle Earth or Beleriand, where magic is extremely rare, where magic is feared. Uh, It is the opposite of commonplace. 
So, I mean, that context matters for uh, this method, but within my world, magic should not only be mysterious in description to everyone in the world, but to all of the players. And they should know as little as possible, which in many cases means they know nothing whatsoever about how magic works, the different kinds of spellcasters in the world, um, or the spells themselves and what the spells do. Having this stripped out and laid bare really damages the experience that we want. Uh, my group is in love with that subgenre of fantasy. We don't want it to be like the world of Warcraft, where magic is is meaningless. I mean, it's it's just as common as going fishing, right? So, um, again, the players know nothing of magic. If a spell is being cast. Um, they probably don't know anything about it unless the effects are obvious uh, to them and, and they can interpret it as a supernatural event. This is even true of the spellcasters themselves. So the way that I have moved over the past just years actually is that the spellcasters um, have a history, they have a backstory, they work through with the GM, and the player has said, I want to be this particular kind of spellcaster, assuming that that's possible for that campaign. The GM tells that player what magic they have and describes it to them as their character would understand it. The spells themselves are not laid bare even for that player. So for example, if you have a caster who can um, wound an enemy with a particular spell, the player will only know that the spell will inflict some kind of harm. And, and there's a description there of what they see happen or, or what they experience from the uh, victim of that. But they don't know the exact effect of the spell with regards to the mechanics or numbers. Only the GM knows that. Now, this effect really pays off because it keeps that unity and it keeps the mystery of magic even from that player who's running the spellcaster. And that might sound trivial to you, but psychologically it, it just really does pay off when uh, the player is closer to that character in perspective. And as should be obvious, um, all of the spells that are in my system um, are not to be read by any of the players, ever. Even if you're playing that spellcaster, 
with those spells, you certainly never read any of the spells or any of how the magic works for you or for any of the other spellcasting um, types. And this is a case where our gaming um, methods and our goals complement the subgenre that we're seeking. In this case, we are after um, this high fantasy, primeval fantasy feeling where magic is extremely rare. It's not um, technology, it's not sci-fi. It is something that is meant to be mysterious. And if we keep the players in the dark, that helps generate that mystery. And this also extends to every creature in the game, every phenomenon like poisons, um, the skills of other creatures and characters. Um, all of these elements should never be revealed to the players because as soon as that happens, they are in the position of knowing more than their characters would, and that breaks some part of the unity of perspective. Now, we can't do this 100%, obviously. As time goes on, um, players will come to figure out things, even if they aren't reading the rule book. They'll come to figure out things about the game, uh, about magic, about certain monsters, and so forth, and um, things that their characters would not have figured out. Now, there's a solution to that, which is to keep rotating the, the details of the game. So if you have players who, ha who, let's say that there was a spellcaster in a particular group, in a campaign, and over time, those players learned from their experience of that spellcaster you know, using magic, and they draw certain conclusions from it. So what you can do uh, at that point is the next time they encounter any spellcaster, whether it's part of the group or not, is to have something very different going on. Have the kinds of spells or the way spells are cast, um, etc., be very different from what they had experienced. And the same thing with monsters change it up. So let's look uh, just for a moment at vampires. So because our culture is saturated in, in vampire myth, we all know the typical trope of drive a stake through its heart and it dies, or sunlight kills it, or uh, for some you could say they're, they avoid garlic and they avoid holy symbols, whatever. So if I am a player and that's the reality of our situation, I'm kind of bored from the onset. I mean, me knowing that special thing about them has, it, it could have been some great discovery, but it just can't be because I already know. 
So, come up with your own weird um, way of finding the Achilles heel, the vampire. And it can be absurd because the notion of a stake through the heart, you know, that had some origin in probably Christianity and the wood of the cross, maybe. I don't know. I'm not going to look it up. I don't care. But the point is, is that it's arbitrary. And if you have some horrible monster who can only be destroyed by some weird fluke, that can be a really interesting um, plot for your characters to spend, you know, many sessions trying to discover. And so now you can have this vampire and let's say that you find him in his coffin, assuming there are coffins, and the only way to destroy him is by sticking uh, a dandelion under his tongue. So you have to get into the coffin, pry his mouth open, and stick the dandelion under his tongue, and he disintegrates. Now, that's no less absurd than a piece of wood through his heart, which isn't beating because he's a vampire. But anyway, the point is, uh, don't allow your situations to uh, arise where the players know this solution to this big problem. Um, take away whatever is known and replace it with something totally unexpected. And that across the board uh, will will keep your players united with their their characters' ignorance. All right, so once again, I have uh, failed to keep this short, so I'm going to force myself to end it. Hope you've enjoyed, and uh, you can always reply and and, um, argue with me and tell me how wrong I am about everything. Thanks.